Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center. This is CM Alexander with the news. Another year of nonstop action is coming to a close as we approach the finals for Dairy Public Library's Dodge Book Tournament. Let's go live to our sports correspondent, Dr. John Hellajohn, for all the details. Thanks, CM. What an unbelievable finale. It all came down to a one-on-one battle for the title. It all ended with a brutal book to the head that had this reporter asking, Are you there, God? It's me, Migraine. Congratulations to this year's winners, the Judy Dooms. Until next year, you're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King book club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Khan, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, concert readers. And today we are wrapping up the finals of March Madness. I hope I win. Wow. Yeah. That was dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this in a stadium. I don't think there are winners. Like, I don't think any of what? us win. We, well, you, did, you didn't did... fill out your bracket in advance. You can't win. Oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I still don't know how this works. Yeah, 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 I'm still not sure how it works. If it weren't, if we weren't the ones arbitrarily deciding, we could totally play, but we can't. Our listeners can. And a few of you have, which, by the way, listeners, thank you for all of the brackets you've sent in. Yeah, that's been it awesome. It is awesome to see how close some of you are with how these things have broken down. And how we might not get a bunch of hate mail because you largely agree with us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now tonight we're finishing it. We've got two matchups for protagonist, two for antagonist, and then the finals. I don't even know how we're going to judge the finals. <laughs> I, I got an but idea. But I can't wait to get to it. I, I've got an idea. Yeah? We'll, see, we'll see. All right, cool. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to go uh, We're gonna go down the protagonist side, and we're going to lock in our champion protagonist. Hell yeah. First matchup, Alan Pangborn versus Charlie McGee. Who wants to go first? Charlie McGee is, how old was she? Eight? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she essentially single-handedly destroyed a branch of the military. <laughs> that is that is true. She is a fucking superhero. It's hard to decide because in these things I always gravitate to who would win in a fight. <laughs> it's hard to ignore that when literally one side of the matchup can make the air on fire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Alan can make a can of worms real, or a snake in a can real. <laughs> but your point I stands, well, yeah. I don't think that was Alan. That's, yeah. he can, he has the white on his side, mm-hmm. I guess. Coming to this, the semifinals, is difficult because we've already talked about all of these people and, and what they, what they've done. So I think for me, going into it, my gut instinct says that in this round, I want to talk more about what these characters are capable of. Not necessarily Mm. stuff we saw, but what is their potential? Oh, shit. And Charlie, (laughs) because this story is her at eight years old, Charlie has just so much potential for what that character can grow into and accomplish. Mm -hmm. And it is when I saw this matchup, I was like, oh, it's a no-brainer. And then the more I thought about it, 
as far as that that angle of potential, Charlie's got a lot of of wiggle room, I think. I, like Ben, kind of have a hard time not thinking about who would win in a fight (laughs) just because of how powerful Charlie is. I also feel like she would continue on to be a good person and I anticipate that she would try to use her power to help other people. So she's definitely got that going for her that makes her a really strong protagonist. Also, if we're talking about potential, I, I, I love that idea for judging them, is judging them on how they would react outside of the bounds of the book they're in. Where Charlie has boundless fucking Phoenix energy potential, we actually do see Alan again, kind of. Because isn't he in season one of the show Castle Rock? Yeah. And he's just an old man? (laughs) Yeah, but that's if you were to consider season one of Castle Rock canon. Canon, sure. (laughs) And also, I never saw it. So, But, like, imagine he's been through some traumatic shit after the events of Needful Things. I think he retires. He has Polly. I think they just go away. They just run away and are happy the rest of their life. That's great. I'm happy for this hypothetical version of a fictional (laughs) character. But when it comes to potential for further adventure, I don't think there's really that much there. If we're, without spoiling it for you, with the first season of Castle Rock, if if we're going to, for the sake of this conversation, make it canon... Alan didn't so much have further adventures, but he did dedicate the rest of his life to stopping the worst evil he'd ever come across. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> watch that's, season that's, one that's of very, Castle Rock. I know I that's super watch, vague. I need to but, watch Castle Rock. I don't know why I haven't, he, honestly. He has, yes, he stayed in Castle Rock and he is an old man now, but he has, there's a reason. That he, he has stayed because he knows how important it is to be what stands between the world and evil. Huh. He's a gunslinger. Alan's definitely a gunslinger. Oh boy, that just I kind of I <laughs> threw a wrench in the... That's what makes it hard for me oh. comparing the two. I really like that gunslinger aspect is always going to give someone a leg up for me. It's very near and dear to my heart because Roland is like my favorite Obviously. character. Oh, if Roland was in the running, we wouldn't have to be doing <laughs> that. Always, yeah. Thinking about, okay, like if it was Charlie facing off against Gaunt, she would have just like blew him up and it would be done. Alan didn't have that power and he still defeated him. And he Shit. had to pull something from inside of himself, like his faith basically, and create a weapon out of that that wasn't just power, but was clever. You know, similar to our, our it story and characters, it the the weaponization of what he had within him was um, more about heart and being clever and understanding your enemy. And I think that makes for a really interesting protagonist, too. Well, shit. <laughs> OK, now in this, I'm going to go back to you guys wanting to see Alan fight a child. No, you said it that and up. I'm going to carry it on. <laughs> I agree that in a like celebrity deathmatch <laughs> arena style, Charlie wins hands down. But I think if, if let's say this book is Charlie has lost control of her power, she's gone Dark Phoenix and she's, you know, laying waste 
and it's up to Alan to to bring her in and capture her. I think Alan, I think, whoa, I'm going to say something real weird that just hit me. I think Alan would have acted very similar to Rainbird. I think the, like, as far as the cunningness to set up, like, when he does capture them, there's... Oh, not admiring her bare feet. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> not, not as me and not pretending to be afraid of the dark. That capture scene, like, there are... We see the capture go perfectly, but it's implied that there were several contingency plans to make sure it went out. And I could see Alan tracking her down, hiding with a trank rifle, and taking a smart approach. I, see, I, would, I would think he would take... He would act more like Rainbird, except sincere. Yes, where he would approach her and try and uh, try and bring out the human side of her, which I think he would do. Also, this I, I was going to save this for the finals, but I think we've stumbled upon how we judge these semifinals. Is each matchup we have to pretend it's a book? Oh yeah, I think so. Th- it this, makes sense. In this book, it is Charlie is a little older. And she has lost control of her powers and she's laying waste. And for some reason, Alan Pangborn has to stop her. I was thinking about the same thing you guys are saying, him having to stop Charlie for some reason. But I imagine him using the same approach he uses in Needful Things for Mm -hmm. all children. Just trying to connect with her, even though she's, you know, maybe she's gone rogue and doing some magic tricks. And, yeah, sorry. Ah! Yeah, yeah. And and trying X-Men. to basically like use his genuineness to get her to surrender. To that him. would be such an amazing scene because both of them. It, it's a parallel to such important scenes for both of them because for Charlie, it's she can't trust him because he mm-hmm. might be another Rainbird. For him, she's another Brian Rusk, yeah. where something is, terrible is happening and he has to help her. They both I, win. Fuck, this is a good <laughs> book. Now, let me ask, in the story, we have basically posited a story wherein we've made Alan the protagonist and Charlie has almost become an antagonist. You could write it more elegantly and make them yeah. make it not that way. But doesn't the idea that we immediately put Alan as the protagonist yes, in the story say something does. about it Alan? Does. And it says something about Charlie, too, and sort of that underlying seed of doubt that you have about people, not only with that kind of power, but also people who have experienced things that you know are going to make it difficult for them to trust, to make the right decision yeah. in the future. This is it's going into a book that neither of you have read, but we Dr. Sleep, mm. we you know, it's a grown up Danny Torrance. So mm-hmm. we we have a a bar for how that King characters that start off as children, if we revisit them later, not always super great. <laughs> so there is like there is a chance that if there were to be another Firestarter book that I would think the natural progression would be for her to fall into an antagonist role. King tends to historically has written women who have this sort of power as tragic figures. Mm-hmm. I, I would fully expect Charlie's story to not be a super happy one. Yeah. yeah. No, you'd still like her, but yeah. You'd still root for her, but mm-hmm. in the end, yeah, it all comes. So up. are we all going to vote at the same time or what? Uh, yeah. CM, you, it's your vote first. I want to say Charlie, but I can't. I'm sorry. I have to say Alan Pangborn. Ben? I, honest to God, when 
you read it off, I thought Charlie. I was going to choose Charlie, but CM changed my mind literally with just just the words, he's a gunslinger. That's, <laughs> That's all it took. All it took. And immediately I was like, fuck, you're right. Yeah, he wins. Yeah, Alan Pangborn. All right, Alan is moving on to... Uh, oh, this is a quarterfinals, not semifinals. Alan's moving on to the semifinals. I don't know what the difference I is. I will explain it to you some <laughs> well, other time. quarter is four. Well, I get that. <laughs> but Semi is two. All right, our next protagonist quarterfinal, Rose McClendon versus Andy Dufresne. What the fuck is this book about? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Who yeah. this this would be a tough Andy gets book. trapped in a painting. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. Yeah, no. Keep going, not please. <laughs> and he runs into Rose Matter, and Rosie has to face herself, quote unquote, to help Andy escape. I'm not good at stories. <laughs> <laughs> the, the painting, she has a different painting and she just sees somebody chipping at the painting until he pulls himself through. Oh yeah, he he chips away at the wall behind the painting. And then <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. We did it. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, well, let's start uh, where we started the last round. Let's, let's start talking potential and then maybe we'll discover the book as we talk about that. So, uh, Potential for for Rose, I think Rose falls into that territory that you posited Alan might fall into because everything that happened to Rosie in this story pretty much ended with this story, minus the the tree that she visits. So maybe the tree might have something to do with it because that's kind of the one piece Mm -hmm. left out. It's more or less implied that the rest of her life will be fairly uneventful and normal. She just ca- she'll just carry everything that she saw and experienced in that with her. But I think the important takeaway for what is Rosie's potential after this story has always been a happy life. Yeah, I think that's what that story really builds to. I really liked the seeds of tragedy and doubt that were sown into her story at the end before she figures out ultimately what she needs to do because it paints a very king and also very realistic picture of when our characters go through something that is a little more supernatural, what it does to them and how it changes them moving forward. And typically they are going to be the kind of protagonists or heroes who at at the risk of their lives not being easy and not being what they deserve, they can't turn away from or ignore the reality of what they know our world is now capable of. And similar to Josh, I see the same potential in Rosie that we talked about with Alan. I I see her, I actually see her not having the life she deserves. I see things not going well with Bill and I I see her continuing to fight and win. I just want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the big thing is in the book, Rose Matter, she goes through this impossible situation and she survives. That's the the takeaway from the book is that no matter the how fucking bad things look, Rosie's going to survive it because that's what she does. She's fucking strong as hell. But I do think, at least from what the book gives us, I do think that Josh is right, that she was forced into the circumstances that created the book and... She had to react to what was happening to her. And now that that's over, I I don't see her as a person that's like going to seek out 
further danger or uh, I, I don't know. I think she honestly, I just think she deserves a happy life. <laughs> so I want her to have one Yeah, is maybe yeah. the main thing. I don't think she'd seek it out. I just think it would happen to her and she would rise to the occasion. I guess that's what I meant by that. Yeah. yeah. The once once you've been opened to that use, you that, would see it. You'd be yeah. More, that door does not close. Yeah. for our king characters. Right, right. And there's like something they just have that sense. It's kind of like uh, going back to Alan. It's kind of like Alan's sense of once Gaunt's in town, he like senses things have mm-hmm. changed, and those things sense you as mm-hmm. being different yeah. and being able to recognize them. And I think that even if she wasn't seeking things out, things would seek her out as mm-hmm. a potential threat, and she'd get drawn in. I mean, I hope she doesn't either. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, all right, uh, and then Andy. The only thing seeking out Andy is red. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess the I law. Mean, uh, but yeah, yeah, the law. It, th- this is tough <laughs> because I think we might have discussed it last episode when we, or maybe this was uh, off off mic. But like, this is especially hard because these two characters have some pretty big parallels i mm-hmm. feel like oh yeah yeah we talked they about are that. both just unstoppable once they have their goal set in mind they are going to achieve it mm-hmm. but whereas rosie's uh real strength comes from her inner strength and adapting the ability to adapt andy's the complete opposite his strength is just steadfastness like the ability not to change (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think andy okay this is kind of a where we run into a problem with how the story they come from is told because we didn't get andy's story from andy right we get andy's story secondhand Mm -hmm. so we don't we don't know what was going through andy's head or we don't know how he kept that drive in him and all that so it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to know what does Andy do next? Does Andy take the the money, go to Ziwatneho? Does he live out as the movie implies, just like living out on the beach, doing whatever? Or does a serious manhunt for him begin? And you know, it, it, does he truly stay free? Does he Ben Richards? Yeah. <laughs> If Andy is able just to go and be safe and be done, I think he would. If there was something still, if he still felt the chase in the in that the back of his brain that he's still being hunted, I don't know what he would do. I don't know what he'd be capable of then. This is not going to be a popular opinion because Andy is great and I love him. But Josh, what you said kind of struck home for me, helped me understand why Andy has not been as interesting to me as a character because we are removed from him Mm -hmm. it's you know we get everything from red like you said and there's no we don't have that connection so he just doesn't doesn't stand out to me as much as a protagonist it's like we talked about in the episode where we discussed shawshank is he almost isn't a pro he isn't a character as much as he is a legend Yeah. yeah like he's a myth Mm-hmm. Um, he's elusive even yeah even yeah. to the reader which makes him cool because that's it's kind of like Harry actually yeah okay here's the book <laughs> Rosie marries a cop again why no I hate this book already <laughs> fuck she, no Rosie she marries uh, she starts dating 
like a like an FBI agent who <laughs> uh, who Andy is is on the case of unsolved mysteries, <laughs> and she she's going through his files and finds it, and she puts it together the <laughs> these clues. Because after Red dies, they pull that 500 pages out of his butt, and <laughs> they have the manifesto, and then she leads the charge to... I hope people have me. listened to that episode, otherwise that was just such a weird comment. <laughs> because Rosie, as shown in Rose Matter, has really fantastic detective, detective skills. skills. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is a I'm, hard I'm one, guys. This is, with the book argument, this one is especially hard because... As we're discovering right now, the after the epilogue for both of these characters is kind of oh, all right. yeah, not uh, hard for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have an answer. All right, I think I let's let's, let's lock in our votes, Ben. I think what won me over uh, to this side is that I think it was CM was saying that the effect the supernatural has on people mm-hmm. and it, it hardens them and like changes them fundamentally. Which is a, a, a difficulty, as we've seen with like Thad Beaumont doesn't handle it well. And, yeah. But we know how resilient Rosie is. So I think it just makes her harder and stronger. Being in touch and knowing of the supernatural, it's bound to come up. If it's a King book, it's, something weird's going <laughs> to happen. And if Andy Dufresne, we have no frame of reference to how he would react if he got to Ziwatneo and fucking had to fight the Loch Ness Monster or whatever. <laughs> vampires. Uh, yeah, vampires. Yeah. So I think that gives the edge and I'm going to vote Rosie. Yeah. Uh, what really won me over is uh, when I said... <laughs> I can't. I'm laughing because I can't tell if that was a bit or not. No, that's pure Josh Khan. You're right. That's gonna be on your fucking tombstone, my man. Yeah, probably. In that, we don't know Andy. We know of yeah. Andy, and not being able to get into his head to suss out how he stands up against Rose makes this uh, makes this a no brainer for me. So it's Rosie. I vote Rosie too. You guys are right for sure. Yeah, well, that was that was obvious. <laughs> All right, we have the semifinals of the protagonist matchup. So we'll come back to this, but we are next with protagonist is going to be Alan versus Rosie. Before we get to that matchup, let's find out who the winner will be facing on the antagonist side. Mm. So we are going to go Leland Gaunt versus George Stark. Sam. <laughs> George is the dark star of my dreams. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> ben? <laughs> that, that's it. All right. Yeah, that's, no, no, all no. Right. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> and George's only flaw is that he's falling apart. And unless he takes over for Thad, I don't think that he's going to be someone who has longevity on his side. And I think that's a real weakness for him at the same time he's just so over the top fun and evil i don't know i think what he's the lengths he's willing to go to make him a really powerful antagonist for this matchup i almost have to divorce both characters from their books entirely are we going to put them in a book together no, oh yeah cuz i would <laughs> the fuck out of that book. but like for george yeah you, you're right if we take the events of the book, unless we retcon and say, like, he won, 
and mm-hmm. he's just sad now. Well, he's then, just a whiny bummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then he's just a dick. There's nothing special about him. He's just an asshole. Uh, but if we take like George Stark from when he first In shows his prime. up, his fucking murder tank form. Yeah. Steel machine. Steel fucking machine. George Stark. He's, how do you fucking compete with that? He's a force of goddamn nature. Mm-hmm. Be, it, this might be jumping the gun, but here's the book I'm imagining. It's pretty much just needful things, but instead of Ace Merrill, George Stark shows up. Yeah. And it's <laughs> Leland Gaunt is like, oh, this big dummy, I'll make him my second in command. And George Stark working against him in secret to be like, nah, this is my show. <laughs> that does seem pretty That'd badass. Awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, you stumbled on something interesting that I want to explore with antagonists. The what if they won? I, I think that, that it's a very good point. Like if George Stark won, I don't think he'd be bad. He would just be the being that was alive. It's just fun to think that he just <laughs> well, I mean, turned into that. He, he, no, he'd at the get end with of his wife because they look the same. They have in the book they don't. Well, in the book they don't look the same, but like when they look at them, they're like they're the same guy, right. even though they don't. They can look see the same. it. Yeah, they can tell that they're the same soul. We're assuming that, that some of that essence would be there, but I guess yes. it might not. He might still be George, just not kind of like a zombie. Yeah. Right. And I think that I, I just love the idea that George Stark wins and then he just like, well, I guess I'll write another book. And then he just becomes a famous author. And that's like. He would be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, he, he for would, sure would be a serial killer. He would killer. definitely just be. See, I don't even know if he would be a serial killer. I just think he would. He would continue writing George Stark books and abuse the shit out of his family. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't sell well, though, because he can barely write. And he. He would start killing people who told him his book sucked. That's true. He would be a serial killer. Also, the, I am gonna. I feel guilty for saying something against George Stark you because should. I love him. But everyone that he killed in spectacular fashion didn't see him coming. Yeah. So he caught nearly. I mean, there are a few times where it's not that one-sided or that much of a surprise because some people did know he was coming. They just didn't know how he would get to that. One guy only had one arm. That's true. <laughs> one guy had not his a penis fair in match. his mouth. Yeah, also not a fair match. Not a fair match. But I, I wonder what I wonder how George Stark matches up against an enemy that know that a prepared enemy. Well I guess Thad was a prepared enemy and George lost. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, I hate that argument. <laughs> <laughs> But that's because George Stark is 90% hubris. I just want George to win so that we can face off George and Alan. <laughs> it is a, it's a good point though because as if preparedness is a huge deal in these kinds of hypothetical who would win kind of things. What is Leland Gaunt if not like just fucking prepared for any outcome? Yeah. This is hard. Well, going going on to to Leland, I think what's great to take that same argument. What if they win? Fucking nothing changes for Leland. He <laughs> yeah. he, he lost in Needful Things, but uh, I don't think he needs to skip a step. Minor setback, and he's going to recover and yeah. continue on. He also, I hate 
like clearly there's just something wrong with my brain. <laughs> George Stark is charming for some reason. Oh yeah, for sure. And I and I initially thought like, okay, Leland Gaunt isn't, but then I remembered actually he is. Oh, he's people, extremely charming. People see. I, I guess it's the movie version that I still have <laughs> in my head. People see. They see in him what they want to see, what they find charming. Mm-hmm. So now I've hit this weird crossroads where, to me, Leland Gaunt probably just looks like George Stark. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Leland Gaunt looks like an old Alexander Skarsgård. Why old? Because Leland's old. Oh, he wouldn't look old. <laughs> He's, but he is a definitely someone who is prepared. I mean, he even he saw Alan coming, although he underestimated him. Yeah. And that was his downfall. And it's kind of, given just how great he is, it's surprising that Alan bested him. And I think that that is because it was the one situation he wasn't prepared for. The he was way too he, proud. Yeah, he's like the when he's standing under the awning watching it. I'm sorry, it just <laughs> occurred to me that it doesn't matter which one of these uh, wins this bracket. Both of them have fought Alan Pangborn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Wow, that just completely <laughs> slipped my brain. Well, and last time... George got the drop on Pangborn, so I'm going to, it's my turn, so I'm going to kick things off. I think purely based on the fact that both of these people were defeated, but only one of them was even affected. So Leland Gaunt has got to take the win here for me. Because yeah, he just moved on and carried on with his normal shit. I so want to give it to George and I just can't. I know it's not the right answer. Unless Ben's going to give it to Leland and then I'll give George my pity vote. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how this works. Ah, dang it. Yeah, Leland Gaunt, I think, is just a more powerful, not cooler, but more powerful antagonist. And I think he, yeah, he's got it. It really uh, depends on your metric for measuring because, no, you know what? I was going to say George is the more interesting character, but he's not. Leland Gaunt is, I would read just needful things again. Set in a different town. Yeah. Can Leland kick a bottle of Jack off the table with his booted foot into his hand? God, that was cool, though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to change your vote. Uh, was it enough no. practice? I'm sure he could. <laughs> the, the, I'm the sure deciding, he did it centuries ago. The deciding factor is, yeah, Leland Gaunt's an immortal. He's mm-hmm. he's committed an unthinkable amount of evil for a long time. So, Do you guys find it interesting that when we're talking about our protagonists, it doesn't come down to who is more powerful like it does for our antagonists? There's, yeah. We can base things more on willpower and heart and character with our antagonists. I mean, obviously, duh. But it, it's just, it just strikes me sometimes like, oh, can't really pull out the, oh, but George has really got heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, it's, it's a real a, go-getter. It, it's hard Stark. to be like, yeah, uh, George Stark can tear a guy in half with his bare hands but <laughs> Leland's just so good with his daughter like that's not, that's not a thing <laughs> yeah, but George is very good with the kids oh, yeah they did is, like him he's, he's a good dad oh my god <laughs> <laughs> alright we have Leland moving on and let's find out who Leland will face we have Randall Flagg versus Annie Wilkes Ben, take it away. Fuck me. <laughs> this is going to be real tough because pretty much all the arguments I just used for Leland Gaunt are also true for <laughs> Random Flag. Mm-hmm. Charming, possibly immortal, existing across multiple timelines, <laughs> pretty much the ultimate villain. G- gets eaten by a 
dumb baby spider, though. Yeah, so, that is a real bummer. Kind of lame. <laughs> it's a real bitch way to go out. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> it's not enough information to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flag is just fucking iconic. Like, what can you say? But they both are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. If I may jump in. Yes, please. Something revisiting the the argument from the last one. What if they win? I. It's something I mentioned last episode about flag being kind of a wiener uh, in that like if flag wins what happens he does something stupid and ruins it some other way like flag <laughs> flag is a failure randall flag is a failure if he wins i assume the world ends what well, depends on which flag sometimes yeah. his sights are smaller and sometimes uh, are on yeah. the like kind of worldwide scale Sometimes our multi-world. Well, scale. imagine imagine the stand, for instance. That his right. his end game there was to bomb Boulder to oblivion with the fleet of fighter jets. Right. Then I would assume he would find a way to kill all the people in Vegas. Then the world's over. Yeah. And, he's, nobody and then he just and then he just jumps to like it's yes, it's diabolical. It's end of the world. But then what? Your argument <laughs> is this villain extincted <laughs> humanity. That's not enough. What are you talking about? Uh, be- because. So, no, no, there's still plants alive. There's still plants. What the hell? It's, it's because the scale, the scope with which you measure flag is multi-worlds. Because... The, just the scope of that character. Right. Because for, and one of the reasons that flag fails as many times as he does is because everything is kind of low stakes for him. If it doesn't work out, he moves on to the next world. He's just, that's literally the same argument we just used for gaunt though. He lost. It did not affect. It does him. not, it does not matter. So are you saying this is a pro or a con? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'm saying that the the if he wins is just kind of like, oh, all right. It's even though it is a mass extinction, I feel like it's still like, all right, everyone, everyone died. Of course, because it's also, of course, everyone died. He has all this fucking if flag had won in the end of the stand. None of us would have been surprised if he had been able to make all those things right. We're like, yeah, he's got. A bajillion powers. Yeah, of course he killed everything. Like, it's just not as, uh, as shocking. The difference between that and Leland Gaunt being Leland makes other people destroy themselves, where Randall Flag just goes nuts sometimes. I'm having trouble with the different flags, because if we're talking about the stand mm. flag, and I kind of want them all to be grouped into one, Yeah. but his power comes from people worshipping him. He needs people. He needs people to be alive. And so him messing up and always killing everyone is going to be a real problem for his <laughs> end game. But that's not always the case with him either, which draws, and we're not talking about Annie, but it just draws an interesting parallel. You know, flag needs to be worshiped. That's where his strength is. Annie's is that she worships, she worships Paul. But then you also have that kind of cool parallel with the, she's this sort of not, in the positive way it's normally used, but a goddess. They're both yeah. these kind of godlike figures. Flag is kind of this powerful, otherworldly thing, not just a person. Hmm. That's an interesting point. That how do I how do I say this? Because I think I just made up my mind. But it the winner 
isn't going to be decided by their strengths as much as the loser's weaknesses. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay, Annie Wilkes, her strengths are that she's big, strong, and crazy. (laughs) <laughs> well, we could reframe that as resilient. Yes. <laughs> she's she's she, unpredictable. She's a, a hero to yeah. all of us. But like she's so human, it makes reading about her so fascinating, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Flag, you're right, he's so big and CM, you're right. There are so many, like, it's it's hard to nail him down. It's like Superman. There are no stakes because he's all-powerful. Yeah. That's why you have to have a kryptonite. Otherwise, there's no tension. Yeah. In this fictional book with Flag and Annie Wilkes. Jesus Christ. Like, I, the, what I imagine, I, I, I imagine it being, like, no action. I imagine it being a battle of wills, a Randall Flag. Basically trying to get Annie to pledge herself to him because of how powerful she is and Annie being resilient against that. Here's my book. Annie Wilkes is Flag's Lloyd and Flag is Annie's Paul. If I had to figure out which one of them would survive that relationship, my money's on Annie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that would be... It, it, it's misery. But the person Annie has kidnapped is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and the battle of wills. I, I'm re- I got my vote. That's bonkers. Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Going with, all right. Yeah. It, as surprised as I am. Like, okay, like I said, it's really dependent more on weakness than strength. Because Flag, he's too much. It's too much of a good thing. When we're like trying to decide, oh, which flag is this? We don't even know. It's there's so many aspects. How can you judge which one it is that we're supposed to be voting for? Like Annie is so singular. And like in the book, just you think of her as this solid stone being and there's something just so fucking powerful about that annie wilkes wow (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter but randall flag is my vote that is what a that is a bracket busting i would i choice i wasn't expecting it (laughs) (laughs) christ um what turned you or were you thinking flag i was thinking flag. i was too it's just good when it goes back to the first episode when I told you guys my opinions are wildly fluctuating (laughs) and highly contradicting of themselves. It's just, she, she's so fucking powerful. She has no powers, but she's so fucking powerful, guys. What she has is the, that like thread, that thing that we're looking for that's so easy to find in our antagonists and so Mm. hard to find, I'm sorry, so easy to find in our protagonists, but hard to find and our antagonists. And I think that's the thing. You quietly root for Annie sometimes to be better, not to hurt people. You want her to be better. And I think she would devour flag. Honestly, (laughs) that that was what I think decided me is that book. First of all, I would read that book. Holy shit. That would be amazing. (laughs) 
But I, I, I agree. I can't see that book happening and Annie Wilkes not coming out on top. I just can't. <laughs> That's wild. Jesus. All right. So for antagonists, we will have the battle between Leland Gaunt and Annie Wilkes. But first, <laughs> let's jump over to uh, at the semifinals. Alan Pangborn versus Rosie McClendon for top protagonist. I know this is designed to be this way, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not, they're not all easy picks. It just the, the point is it gets so much harder. But you know that my thing is I can't have one answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this March Madness was created specifically to yes. hurt you, CM. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you start last one, so I'll start on this one. Al- Alan's a gunslinger. What, what? I don't know how much more there is to say. Here's what I want to try. To say something that each character has over the other. And then we'll go into our votes because I think that putting these two characters next to each other, I think the only factors we've talked about why they're great. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about why one has a leg up over the other. That's that's what Alan has over Rosie is he had he's a gunslinger. He has the the power of the white, maybe not at his command, but at his back. And I think his will has become stronger since uh, experiencing all this. As far as what where Rosie gets the edge over Alan is how strong it made her as a person after this. I think she comes out more well-rounded as just a person and as a as a winning protagonist at the end of her story. Rosie, her whole book is building her up. She starts at the lowest level like she could pop of her life. And the whole book is her building herself up to be this strong, independent person. Alternatively, Alan Pangborn starts, he's just like a cop, you know, and everything that happens to him, I think it doesn't bring him down to the point where like sad was, or some other protagonist maybe, but they have these things have weighed on him. And so he's definitely more world weary. But I think that might be in a King book. I think world weariness might be a strength. It's going to sound like I don't have a thought of my own because I was thinking all the things that you guys are saying. Because, yes, Alan is a gunslinger and he has the strength and he can call on the power of the white clearly. Rosie is a gunslinger when faced with the impossible, she perseveres. And even beyond that, she keeps going. I think kind of to what you were saying, Ben, this is what really, like I was thinking about to kind of help me pick mine. They both suffer loss. They both suffer the loss of their children. And we do see Alan struggling through that and almost not winning that battle feeling like he's less because of that experience. And we see Rosie, in contrast to that, persevere and do everything that she can to overcome that and beyond. I think I think she's just stronger. As strong as he is. All right, let's let's vote. Ben, you're up first. This this is I'm gonna say this. I've said this after every single one uh this whole episode. This is really hard. Um but I think my metric that I'm using is this is the semifinals. The person that wins this 
is going to be going up against the best of the best of the bad guys. Who would I want if if I were in the middle of this? Who would I want coming to stop the bad guy? And Alan Pangborn has the experience. And while I do think that Rosie McClendon is probably is stronger, like mentally, emotionally, like she has that perseverance. I just think Alan has uh, seen this before and I, I think he has the edge. So I'm going to vote for Alan Pangborn. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that if if I'm going to make one of these a champion for other people, then Alan is, is who gets that call for me. So I'm going to go Alan Pangborn. I also think you both hit the nail on the head. Who do you want on your side? Like who would be a, a stronger, better person to fight? And Alan, you know, he has the white. He has a can of snakes. Rosie <laughs> Rosie doesn't. So instead, she uses her bare hands to rip a man's jaw off. And my vote's going for Rosie. <laughs> All right, Alan Fairborn. <laughs> moving on to the finals. Now it is time for Leland Gaunt versus Annie Wilkes. So let's say something that one has over the other. CM, you're up first. CM already looks angry. I am so... <laughs> no, I I had like... Uh, wouldn't it have been lovely if it was like Rosie versus Annie? Just the ladies? That's <laughs> so cool. It's going to be the dudes. I just know it is. Anyway, Annie Wilkes. It's hard for me to think of something that she would have over Leland Gaunt. Because I think that Leland is just mentally in a healthier place. <laughs> I don't see... Annie, what I felt like she had over Flag is I could see her folk, like obsessing over him, and that's where her power is. She wouldn't be able to do that with Leland Gaunt, and I think that's mm. kind of the the edge that he has over her. Again, her edge, I guess, would just have to be her resilience, just her immovab- immovability. That's not a word, is it? No, sure. No, I agree uh, about Flag, especially. Like I hadn't put it into words correctly, but I think you just. <laughs> it said it it's the reason is she would obsess over him and he would completely not sense any danger he, he would, would just be it, like yeah. this rules <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's breaking his fucking legs <laughs> i am trying to think what leland has that annie wilkes doesn't is a magic store <laughs> oh that's true <laughs> and i'm trying to think in this matchup, what would happen were Annie Wilkes to walk into Leland into Needful Things? Man, they're both about obsession. I can't decide whether she would be Leland's easiest mark or if For she sure. would be completely immune. She would she would get a book that when she read it, she was misery. Yeah. Or or when she read it, would she be like, this is garbage. I'm going to tie you up until you give me a better book. No. Oh, shit. No, I don't think so. I think that's what Annie has over Leland. She would be like, <laughs> Being batshit crazy. my needful thing is trash. Try again, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to say because the, the thing is, Annie Wilkes, the thing that Annie Wilk has it's just fucking unpredictability. Mm, yeah. You can't fucking read this lady. She's, I I, I want to say logically, like, yeah, she would walk into needful things and immediately be in his grasp. But there's just <laughs> something, maybe it's just that I don't want it. 
but there's <laughs> something in my head that's like she would not like this guy. There's she something so wrong with yeah. her. It it gives her a leg up. Yeah, I I just think she would see whatever he was trying to sell and be like see that it was garbage and get real mad about it. Yeah. I yeah, I think that's perfect. I think I think Annie Wilkes would not step foot in needful things. And I, because I, yes. I, I, she, I, I think she would see the people, the way people are going in and out and like, because Annie Wilkes sees more than anyone gives her credit for. for and sure. I think that's, that's the thing she has over Leland Gaunt is focus. I, the, Annie has the ability to focus on one thing. Leland does not. And like what gets Leland's foot in the door in, um, Castle Rock is that like northeastern social norms of people have to check out the new shop mm-hmm. and Annie doesn't give a shit <laughs> about <laughs> social norms I com- yeah she wouldn't go anywhere fucking near it yeah. and she would be the one to just as the big fucking finale is going off she shows up and's like what you guys are all being too loud and then she <laughs> <laughs> Run Leland Gaunt over with a wheat thresher. Like, well, this brings me to what Leland has over Annie, and that's resources. You you take that, yeah. Annie doesn't come into needful things, but Leland could put the whole like she can't fight the whole town. I mean, she might, she'd try, (laughs) but. If push comes to shove, not only does Leland not have to get his hands dirty to handle the situation, but we've seen what happens. We saw what he did to Ace. Like, we saw a piece of his true form and how much more powerful he can be. So I think just from, like, he has he has the, the power and resources edge. Okay, I'm asking you guys this because I need your help because I'm really torn. If we're saying that Annie would be capable of besting Flag, I'm curious between Flag and gaunt who would come out on top because if it's flag i feel like annie would best gaunt so the reason i keep in mind i voted for flag (laughs) but the reason i i can concede that argument is is because of that lloyd flag relationship Mm -hmm. leland first of all would not accept that anybody yeah he would he would not he wouldn't accept that but flags flags ego needs that mm-hmm. so he would let his guard down to let her so far in that she could take things over but in a flag versus leland battle i would probably end up giving the edge to randall flag yeah more me so. too yeah i think so i feel like it takes at the level of of evil and of of potential of these these two villains, uh, I think one just uh, stands above the other. Leland's downfalls pride, though, and I don't think he'd see Annie as the wild card that she is, who could thwart his plans. I, I disagree. He he spotted Alan immediately, but he underestimated something. him. He did, and I think because of her mental illness, he would underestimate her. Like, oh, she's not even bothering to come to my shop. But I'll Annie, have somebody play a trick on her. And But Annie also isn't the chief of police. 
uh, and having to put out all the fires she's around in my town. <laughs> in the in that Annie yeah. is so much more single focused. So I guess the the advantage she has over Leland is actually what would lead to her downfall against Leland. Mm-hmm. In that 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 focus would be too great, and she wouldn't be able to skirt Leland's notice. I believe. So I'm first on this one. I'm, I'm gonna go Leland gone. Vote with your heart. Oh my god, it's so hard. <laughs> with your heart. <laughs> I would go with Leland, but again, I just think I think he would underestimate Annie just enough that she could do something. And I'm gonna go with Annie. Ben, this is a big one. This sucks. This takes is, us to the finals. This is a big one, and this is so fucking hard. They're two of my favorite books, and this one I have to annoy all of our readers by throwing out all the metrics that we've discussed <laughs> all episode and something that. We really haven't, we, we talked about in earlier episodes and used, but they haven't so much this episode is just, who's the more interesting character? Who do I want to read more about? Ooh. And would they win? I don't know. But do I think this character is infinitely more fascinating? Yes. It's Annie Wilkes. Wow. I thought you were going to say Gaunt. The way you were going wow. to this is insane. <laughs> this, this is not a logic-based decision. Uh, I will freely admit that. Uh, I'm sorry for ruining all of your brackets. I just... It, it's Annie. It has to be. That's It's funny, the that argument, as far as who would you want to read another book about. And for me, that was immediately... Oh, it's definitely not Annie. Only because... What, what would it be about? What's yeah? It, it, well, okay, what makes what makes Annie's the exact like not who do I want to read more about? But like, which book am I going to revisit more? Well, if you're revisiting like a, another Neville, like Gaunt's next town, it wouldn't be about Gaunt necessarily. Right. You would be reading about new characters, and right. that would be the focal point because Gaunt's gonna Gaunt. If you're reading about Annie, I mean, by that same logic, Annie's gonna Annie. I hate that I just yeah, said that twice. I'm so sorry. We tried Castle Rock season two and didn't go. <laughs> but Annie, you she would still be a major, like more of a focal point, I think, than Gaunt would be mm-hmm. in an, in another story about them continuing to do the thing that makes them an antagonist. I guess all I'm saying is I want to read Misery again. <laughs> um, and also, how lame would it be if our finals was... Was needful things. Alan, was just yeah. needful things. Yeah, I thought that occurred to me too. Not where I thought this bracket was going. I was desperate for this to be Annie versus Rosie because I would have just left my own house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the finals. Our final matchup: Alan Pangborn versus Annie Wilkes. Now, now I'm just gonna open it free form. Whatever off the top of your head to say we that we haven't said in regards to putting these two head to head. Is this a fair argument? I feel like okay, we're Stephen King based or inspired podcast, and usually the antagonist. I don't necessarily feel comfortable voting for Annie Wilkes over Alan because I feel like that's disingenuous to the spirit of what we do. Yeah, (laughs) it's hard because last week I had told Josh uh, on our way to our cars that like I think the finale should be what we said earlier. We just hash out. we, We do a rough draft of the book 
that these two characters are the main character. Well, yeah, you're right. That's just <laughs> the hero wins. <laughs> uh, so here's my thought. It's 10 years after the events of Needful Things. Alan has broken up with Polly. They've I love fa- where you're going with this. They've fallen out. Yeah. And he's driving through Colorado or whatever. Whatever. He gets in a car wreck and is saved by Annie Wilkes, who's alive somehow. <laughs> but here's the thing. They fall in love. I was going down a similar path before you started that, and I'm, I'm totally <laughs> on board with that. I was thinking, I guess I see Annie kind of as, not a child, but in the way that the children that Alan has come across were sort of victims and it needed protecting. I kind of see Annie that way too, and I feel like Alan would have the ability to charm her. And and either trick her and defeat her or just help her. Yeah, that's... and that might be another form of defeat too. But mm-hmm. also in my fanfic version, I did want them to fall in love. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe falling in love was a little uh, flippant, but, but yeah. they sure fuck. But they oh my for God. sure I... fuck. Absolutely, she freaky. She freaky. Oh my god. Um, she's a golem. <laughs> what? She they, oh, she's yeah. Annie yeah. works through and through, top to bottom, yeah. back to front. Oh. <laughs> Back to front. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Why? Why Back to front. Uh-huh. <laughs> you say it with some stank. It's a thing. Some stank. Do uh, not put stank on this finale, Sienna. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree. I can see it being more, much less a you know, thriller or a horror book, but just like, yeah, Alan Pangborn just trying to help this woman who has killed a lot of people, but also genuinely needs help. When he's a detective, so he would be able to figure out that she's a serial killer. Right. And he'd be interested in putting an end to that, but I think he would do it in a kind of like a strengths-based, asset-focused, empowering way. (laughs) Yeah, Alan seems like the guy who has time for that. Uh, I I think that where Alan has the edge here that none of Annie's previous opponents had underestimating Annie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Al- I thought you were going to say the ability to walk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Alan, Alan would not, under no circumstance underestimate Annie Wilkes. Because he, he, might- he is, he mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. entirely has an accurate read on everyone he meets. But That's a good point. would he be distracted by 10 other things a bunch of times <laughs> so he'd never boobs oh. but no, legs. I just, yeah geez no i just mean not on it, annie oh, okay he, Ten i misunderstood projects she freaks like what's on espn <laughs> no, okay. uh, what polly's making for dinner no just I'm, I'm thinking about his instincts for about leland gaunt were like instant and accurate but he he, and he was he, thwarted by so many dumb things. Yeah, but <laughs> he never acted on them because he had to go return some like Tupperware or whatever. But also the things that Leland was were doing were impossible. Yeah, and Annie's not. He as was subtle. not ready to. Yeah, he <laughs> was not ready to open that can of worms back up in his psyche to accept something supernatural. So Annie, Annie would go peacefully with Alan. Yeah. Would she be put in a, not jail, but, or not prison, but the, like okay, a psychiatric Here's, here's the book. After a long manhunt, Alan arrests Annie, takes her to a, a 
the small town jail where a snowstorm happens, so they're trapped. The two of them together in a police station. She is now the one handcuffed to a bed, and he is taking care of her. Also, they fuck. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me until the very end of that. Or what if to draw her out, Alan writes a book, and <laughs> nope, I know, and I like she this. becomes a fan, and then he makes sure that. He's in the right place at the right time. I love and the she idea. kidnaps him. He I'm lets going undercover. I have yeah. to write a best-selling book. <laughs> a best-selling book series targeted towards one specific yep. woman. I don't know why, but I just like that. Nope. <laughs> it makes me think, I'm, I'm a police officer. I'm going undercover. What's your cover? I have to win an Oscar. <laughs> what? It's, it's the long game. This has fallen apart. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's get our votes in. I don't remember who's going first Me in this neither. round. Uh, I think uh, I went first, so it's uh, CM. You get the first vote. Alan Pangborn. But I still think that he he would either best her or just be able to to help bring her in mm. and stop her. He is an, an officer, a detective, and I, it just seems fitting that he would be able to do that. I agree. I have to vote for Alan Pangborn for one simple reason. That's how books work. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true the protagonist too. wins. Yep, we wrap it up. Alan Pangborn wins this year's March Madness. Woo! What a wow. wild oh, the confetti. ride. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Fireworks. Yeah, I bought those special. Amazing. I don't have a license for them, so you shouldn't talk about them oh. on air. We're indoors, so. We're in Iowa. <laughs> you don't need one. That's a very good point. All right, that's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're out there and we busted your bracket, sorry, but you have <laughs> another chance next year. Speaking of next year, please send us your your thoughts on our how our bracket turned out and send us your suggestions for what next year's March Madness bracket should be. For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Khan reminding you, see you next year. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to March Madness Part 3. We hope you enjoyed it. You can probably tell that we had a ton of fun with March Madness this year. And as always, we would love to hear from you. How did we do? Do you disagree? Agree? Did we change your mind? Did we make your heads explode with rage? Let us know. Send us your brackets. We love to see those. You can email them to us at dairypublicradio at gmail.com, or you can post them on our social media at Dairy Public Radio. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.